Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, probably presented by A Bears, Tenant Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today and also thanking those listening via the internet at www.710keel.com. Today is, is, uh, January the 3rd, 2015. Again, we wish everyone a wonderful, happy new year. We hope that your 2015 will be remarkable. And uh, today we are discussing the origins of common sayings. The world as we know it today uses a lot of sayings. Some are more common than others. And, uh, And as I get older, I tend to ask, where did that come from? Or where was the origin of that particular saying? Not just that my mom or dad or my my friends or my wife uses those. I've been lately asking, wonder where that came from and what does it really, really mean? So let's see if you out there, our radio listeners, might be enlightened about the origins of some common sayings that you and I use and might not know what they mean. The first one is... I've I've heard it probably gazillion times. Mm-hmm. Go get your 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 new blue jeans. What did the word jeans come from? Out of pants oh. or blue pants? Blue jeans. Do you know? No. I mean, people think uh, people think yeah, blue pants. Why do they call them jeans? And uh, I, I, does it have to do with somebody's name? I thought it did. No, it doesn't. No? No, it doesn't. Okay. Jeans were really blue jeans or blue pants. The blueness came from the French in, in Genoa, uh, France, back many, many, many years ago. But the sailors wore all blue pants. Uh-huh. However, in the early 1800s, there was a textile mill, guess what, in America mm-hmm. that developed the denim and developed, and they did dye them blue. But they weren't called, they were called jeans and genets. Or, or denims. Uh, or denims. More probably they were called denims before, but they became known as that weaving technique to be jeans, J-E-A-N, mm-hmm. and genets. Hmm. Then people think, well, maybe Mr. Levi's and they were known as Levi jeans or Levi's, okay? But interesting about him was in 1872, an unknown person by the name of Jacob Davis from Reno, Nevada, invented a unique pair of pants, which were blue, which were denim. However, they did one new thing for blue jeans. What did they do? Zip. What? Zip? Well, no. no. They put rivets. Oh, rivets. Rivets. They put rivets along the sides to make them last longer because the Californians out there working on the gold rush tend to wear out their jeans longer. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Faster. Faster. So he partnered with Levi Strauss in 1863 and blue jeans were invented and became extremely popular with our friend Levi Strauss out of New York City. Mm. Interesting? Yeah. In a recent play that I attended at Strand Theater, I was sitting next to a friend of mine. It was the A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And one of the scenes, uh, the, the three ladies talk about 
old Marley was dead as a doornail. And they comment in this particular play, dating back to the 1300s in book by Charles Dickens, again, in the play, why are we calling him dead as a doornail when a doornail is so dead anyway, right? Yeah. And the, the, but the true meaning about that, and, and Charles Dickens knew it back then, but today we probably, but he, he did it as a, a, funny, a, a, a funny part of the scene. And I think they did know. I think the, the people that were him as well as his... Um, Persons that that that, what, that read his book and and the play with I think it was later many many years later. Uh, it, it means, of course, dead and devoid of life. I mean, dead as a doornail. But it has some interesting meaning that it relates to big doornails back in those eras were used to hammer in on the side of a door and bent and made that door secure that you couldn't open it. It was like a master lock secure. That being dead as a doornail means you don't get out of that very easily. Yeah. And they were also used to secure and bending over and clinching a coffin to make it extremely difficult to take that dead person out of out of the coffin. So that's where it they... It hurt some grave robbers, I bet. Yep, that did. It did. Okay, the, the uh, I hear my friends say, Gary, let's bury the hatchet and move on. Okay. I always was curious about that one. Okay, so that means in general to settle your differences with another person, right, mm-hmm. or your adversary. Let's settle it. You know, let's, let's bury the hatchet, Gary. I said, well, that's cool. Who did that? Where did that originate from? I, I don't know. The American Indians. It is an American mm-hmm. phrase because the chiefs in olden era, in olden days, would bury their hatchets in the ground and mm-hmm. literally bury them mm-hmm. when they came to discuss a peace treaty with other chiefs. Oh. So that's why they would say, we're going to bury the hatchet. And, and settle our differences and don't fight because they held their hatchets. They were still possibly going to have little fisticuffs there, right? Yeah. So that's where it is. I thought this was a good one. I never, I, I always heard my dad said, well, that's a dead ringer. <laughs> so what is a dead ringer? It means uh, exactly like something else or someone it, else. It's an exact duplicate. But why did? I don't know. Why would the word dead? Because it's lifeless, you know? Yeah. But it has other meanings in, in, in the context there. It's more, it, that's the precise, the uh-huh. precise. But what was a ringer? What, a ringer? I don't know. Well, think about this. And, and our, my, my people around the area who were in the horse racing business should mm-hmm. know that. A ringer was a horse substituted. A horse substituted for another horse. They called it a ringer. Uh-huh. And the ringers were used to defraud the bookies. They would bring in, you know, secretariat lookalike uh-huh. and say that secretariat. And they would bet on the horse and lose. Uh-huh. Thinking that, that was a dead ringer, but it was exact duplicate, but no. And it was it was used in, in defrauding people. Yeah. And uh, so, and that's how we get the word, if you all uh, hear it, you don't hear it as often, a car ringer. Mm-hmm. It means a duplicate car mm-hmm. that's not the real car. It uh-huh. could be a Corvette, but no, it's not a Corvette. Like they use in the movies. That's right. Yeah. That's it. Okay, I thought this was another good one. When you hear, you're, well, Gary, you got saved by the bell. That's a TV show. 
Huh? But I think that saying came way before the TV. Way, movie. way before yeah. that. Way before that. Saved by the And the, the origins of this one is in boxing bouts. Oh. Think about that. I never would have thought of boxing. I always think of school. Okay. But it, no, it's not the bell. It's the boxing matches. Because mm-hmm. when, a, when a, two boxers were boxing and the bell rang, he got saved by the bell because he yeah. might be almost ready to be knocked out, but he gets his reprieve and three minutes relaxation so he can come back out and save the day. Suddenly thinking of Rocky. And that's why that's that's the the boxing. Um, the other interesting, there's two possible origins. That's the most probable. But back in the 1600s, this is really unusual. Saved by the bell meant there were coffins made, mm-hmm. and they would place a bell inside the coffin mm-hmm. because back in those days they thought you were dead. They buried you. And you possibly could have been could have in a stroke been and, and in a coma or something, but you weren't wow. really dead. Wow. So they, they, whoever developed this particular coffin, in some sense, notabilities were put in the in the coffin and sealed with a bell. So supposedly if you rang the bell uh-huh. while you were buried, they knew the, the they exu- come dig you up. Dig oh. you up. Ooh. However, according to... Information that I could find, there was no known persons to ring the bell while they were in coffin uh-huh. and reportedly and were exhumed and brought up and wow. survived. So they might have had the bell in there, yeah, but, but by the but six feet under with no air for a yeah. while, I think it they succumbed yeah. even though they might have uh, been still alive. Still alive. Wow. Well, here's one saying we hear all the time is, uh, boy, that was a shot in the arm. <laughs> I'm thinking of the flu shot again. And uh, well, that's more close. A lot of people think it's got shot in the arm, and that got you, oh, you know, the gun. stimulus. Yeah. But it means stimulus. It means to get a stimulus. You know, I got the shot in the arm. That that got that awakened me. Yeah. But it, it, it dates back in the 1900s when person when a person was injected, like you said, uh-huh. with a syringe by a physician or a nurse, and it, they invigorated them. They uh-huh. sometimes gave them good medicines or bad medicines or just the puncture which I still do. I cringe when I get shot. And now you go, whoa, yeah. and you invigorate. So th- that was a shot in the arm. Is, is So, yeah, they use that a lot now talking about uh, money, like right. when, when a group gets a big pile of money. That's a shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. Another phrase that my mother would use all the time, and she said, boy, that's just, Gary, that's as easy as pie. And I always thought to myself, what's easy, so easy about pie? <laughs> making pies? Pies are difficult. You, know, you and Dad made them real easy. Dad, uh-huh. Dad was in the restaurant business. Mom, they knew how to make all these black bottom pies and all that. But, you know, so what's the origins of that? You know, pies are not that easy to make. Well, pie in the olden days meant pleasantry. To have a piece of pie was pleasant. It was, mm. it was enjoyable. So the, the phrase was actually... It changed many years later. It was nicest pie. Mm. You were nicest pie, not easiest pie. Yeah. And so then it, you know, changed along. Just like having, well, he's a piece of cake, you know. He's a piece, piece of, of cake. Piece of cake, yeah. And, you know, you're nice as a pie. You're a piece of cake. You're nice as a cake, you know. So now it's... Uh, Easy. You're easy as pie, you know. Doing that job is a piece of cake. That's it. That's it. That's it. I thought this was cute. Gary, I always said people, you're just happy as a clam. I didn't know clams. I, I don't. Are clams happy? I mean, 
How do you know? And that is a How do you know if they're happy? That's right. They're, uh, and it's supposed to mean a feeling, of course, happy and content. But its origins are a little puzzling because somebody said it was derived many years ago when people would open up clams and if you look at a clam, it looks like they're smiling. Mm. So that's what they think. That makes sense. That's, But the other interesting reason why is because when clams are, are happy and content is when they are as happy as a clam at high water. When mm. water is high, predators don't get at them. Yeah. So they're happy. So I'm thinking that it might have been chopped off a little bit, as happy as clam in high water. Yeah. Then they're really happy because nobody's going to pick them up. Nobody's going to pick them up. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by A-Bears, Tunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A-Bears, tending country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. We are discussing the origins of common sayings that you and I use each and every day, and so that you can be able to, to stump your family and friends about the origins of these particular sayings. So has this been quite interesting and educational for you, Angela? It's a fun family game. Oh, yes. Oh, Let's yes. do it. Okay. You hear, and I hear all the time, people saying, you're going to get brownie points for that. Uh, yeah, I do hear that a lot. Brownie so, points. So where did that come from? What are know. brownie points? What are brownies? Brownies, well, I was one when I was, you know, uh-huh. a little tyke. And then we sold cookies, kind of like Girl Scouts. It's like the pre, the pre-group to the Girl Scouts. Yes, is what it is. So that's some people think that's that's where it was. That's, that's what I would think. It's relationship. That's probably not it. And but it, it, most people think that is it because there's no such thing. There's no other connotation of use the word brownie. Yeah. Brownie points, but did you get points when you were a brownie? You get badge, you I get honor, so. you got badge. Something like that. It's yeah. achievement. Uh, but it, most people think it does relate to the junior order of, of Girl Scouts, the brownies in the late 40s, uh, because they were the goody-goody little girls mm-hmm. of, the, of the Girl Scouts, right? Right. So you wanted to impress your instructor or your teacher or your higher-up Girl Scouts, and that's why they said brownie points to move up the ranks. Yeah. And that's that where most, that's where more more people. I thought this was a good one. You always and I think there's a recent movie by this name, Fifteen Minutes of Fame. Isn't there a re- recent movie with Yes, it is with Darlene uh, Love that came to the Strand. She just has a a movie uh, about about that. I, I know a song called Fifteen Minutes Fame. But. And where 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 did this get derived from? And it's a recent derived. I I did not know this. How recent? 1968. Who 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 coined this phrase? I don't know. Andy Warhol. Ah. He did this. Was, but the the actual line is a little bit different, but it's very similar. It says, "In the future, everybody will be world famous just for 15 minutes." That makes sense. Isn't it? Pretty cool. Okay, you hear people calling other people, "Boy, they're filthy rich." Mm-hmm. So, what's the origins of that? 
dirty money? I don't know. <laughs> yes, that's what it is. But it dates back, uh, you know how long? 1400s. Wow. That was used back in the 1400s. I just think it's like gangster days, but... To denote a person had, who has dishonorable gain or wealth by various means. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it also, according to the 1400s, means someone who was very, very rich and became very, very rich by unfair means. Like drug deals and... Well, whatever. Or stealing. People, or, yeah. or, or, or he's caused, you know, filthy... Extortion... Rich. I, I love this when I talk to uh, entrepreneurs. Well, Gary, we just have our foot in the door. <laughs> and I said, foot in the door to do what? And they said, oh, we just we, we got our foot in the door, which, you know, means that we're going to about. We have an end. We have an end. To something. Yeah. So what's the origins of that? I don't know what. Think about, think about that one. The, the traveling salesman used uh-huh. to come to your house so you wouldn't slam the door on him. He would put he his foot in the door. He'd put his foot in the door, <laughs> the big shoes. That's why they wore those steel toe mass monster so you wouldn't crush it. Uh-huh. And you would put it in there and you'd try to close it and it wouldn't close and he would continue his, his sales his pitch. Deal, yeah. And he would continue trying to sell him that to you. And that's, 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 the, that's true. I love this. So I told these people last night that I asked them uh, at a particular party I was at. Uh, so, you hear the phrase, jump on the bandwagon. Everybody's here to jump on the bandwagon. Yeah. What's the derivation or origins of that? You know, I heard that once, but I cannot remember right now. When the circus came to town, including Shreveport, Louisiana, and Bossier City, mm-hmm. they always had a bandwagon with the circus band on this highly decorated wagon mm-hmm. that was pulled by 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 horses or, or sometimes even elements, I was told. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they would go through the town attracting people along the route to join them and follow them to the circus dance. Oh, that makes sense. But later, back in the 1890s, and this 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 came around, you know, the circus came to town way before then. Mm. But in the 1890s, a politician and his consultants said, why don't we start doing bandwagons? So they would have the politician oh. on a decorated, like a float, a wagon, and he would be campaigning very slowly on this bandwagon. I remember some of those old movies where they're doing that. Right. Yeah. And they would say there would people would show their loyalty by getting aboard on the, the bandwagon. And that's, on the bandwagon. The, and that's why you see today the politicians say, you know, join up on the bandwagon. Yeah. Another one. You would hear people say, oh, Gary, I'm gonna coin a phrase. I'm gonna develop this new phrase. I'm gonna coin it. Coin a phrase, yeah. Okay, so why coin? I don't know. Because many, many years ago, coining meant to create money, uh-huh. create something new by stamping metal. Yeah. Now, you know, it's not that popular. We don't coin that much money. And, you know, it's like, but really the term is like inventing a new phrase. Very few people use it, but I still hear people, I'm going to coin a phrase. You mm-hmm. know I love this one. Gary, we're going to get down to brass tacks right now. We're going to get down to brass tacks. And you hear that down all, business. all the time. And getting down to business, getting down to facts. And where do you think this originated? This is a good one. I don't know. It originated back in Texas in the 1860s because 
there was a fabric shops throughout Texas. Now, this is weird. It was only in Texas and not in the other parts of the states, but they ended up copying it. Uh-huh. They would put two brass tacks on, 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 a, on a distance, and that's how they would sell fabric, between the two brass tacks. And that's the reality uh-huh. to make consistency in, uh, in accuracy in the measurement and the purchase of fabric oh, from fabric shops. So that's where between two brass tacks. Good. Kids always use, when I was growing up, I, you don't hear the kids using it too much now. You're a goody, goody gumdrops, you know, goody, goody gumdrops. Yeah. They always used to make that, and it was, of course. Or goody, goody is what we used. Yeah. But the goody, goody term was used back in the 1600s and 1700s as a, as a term to say it's, you know, positive. Uh-huh. But interestingly enough, when it added the word gumdrops, they weren't invented until the late 1800s. Ah. So there was goody-goody whatever, but it came to be known as goody-goody gumdrops because they were enjoyable and sweet by all kids of all ages. Yeah. I love this one. Um, Gary, I have an axe to grind with you. An axe to grind. Okay. That's generally a dispute with someone over, you know. Whatever. Whatever. The origins date back to the friendly and famous Benjamin Franklin. Ah. He was known to ask a man to sharpen his axe. But the the, the the person that was supposed to sharp the axe was like procrastinating right there while he was asking for him to sharpen. So Benjamin Franklin said, I'm going to do it. And I have an axe to grind with you. I'm going to grind my own axe. <laughs> and he's the one that coined the phrase. I have an axe to grind. So you just used the coin the phrase thing again. Yeah, I, did. I did. Wow. Yeah. Okay, I love this one. If you can't stand the heat, just get out of the kitchen. Who coined that phrase? And I hear that. I, I, hear, who, I don't know who came up with that. I hear people saying that all the time. Mm-hmm. We still use it today. And it's a recent, it's a recent uh, phrase, phraseology. Recent for you and recent for me are two different oh, things. Thank you. thank you very much. Recent is like within the recent. last 10 years. Well, actually, was the president, United States president, coined this phrase back in 1942. That's not too far away. No. When his member uh, of a committee, of an investigating committee about war contracts, objected to all the strenuous activities and tasks that he had to do in investigating all these war contracts. Mm-hmm. So Harry told him... That statement, if you can't and if you can't stand the heat, just get out of the kitchen. And he's the one that coined that phrase and was was publicized and notarized throughout throughout the area. That's pretty interesting. Okay, this is a great one. I hear my my uh, daughter occasionally saying this, even today. I'm having a hissy fit. I have a hissy fit. Yeah. So that's a my child throws an outburst, often. an outburst, a tantrum. Mm-hmm. Dated it dates back origins of 1934, where it was um, published actually in an edition of American Speech, and it was a slang used back then for years and years. It's when a person is very disturbed and very angry. It it comes from they think meaning hissings. Mm-hmm. And sputtering, but also being hysterical. So a hissy fit uh, has the word hysterical in there. So we do like to abbreviate things. Yes, we do. We do. Here's a great one. I, I heard my father say this to individuals back when I was growing up. There's no such thing as a free lunch. <laughs> 
You know why that was mentioned? That's a phrase uh-huh. that things must be paid for now. Yeah. It's not, you're not going to get it for now. Yeah, you right? can't get it for free. However, listen to this. This is interesting. Free lunches were available in the United States and Britain during the 1880s. Why? I don't know. Almost all saloons throughout the United States and Great Britain offered free lunch, free food to individuals if they go to their saloon to buy one or more drinks. Uh huh. And so that's the coinage because back then it was, hey, you buy a drink, you buy wine, you buy, actually even buy cigars at a saloon, you would get, you would get a lunch. And by the way, that phrase is totally inaccurate today because there is such a thing as a free lunch. Uh, Ask my daughter's school. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, as years went by, there were more complaints that... Prices were being charged very high in certain and all those saloons because they were also covering their food costs. Yeah, that makes sense. So they ended up a few of them got sued oh. because some people did not want to drink. They wanted to go to the saloon with their friend, their friend, but they had to. You couldn't just get water. You yeah. had to get a in order to get a free lunch. Uh-huh. So that's a late. So the, they they changed. I love this one. I hear women say this. I want a, I want someone high, wide, and handsome. I've never heard that. Tall, dark, and handsome. Well, it's close. Yeah. Uh, but this one's high, wide, and high, handsome. High, wide, and handsome. Okay, it is a carefree, stylish person, but it also describes Montana. That's where it came from. <laughs> the plains and also Montana describing the openness and the freedom of the scenery. And also, as, as this person commented, it describes the horses. They were high, wide, and handsome horses. And the cowboys that were roaming with the horses. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, today, it's also used, as you were saying, tarred, uh, dark, 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 handsome. Yeah. But it also describes anything, including buildings. Buildings, you know, that's high, wide, and, and, and handsome building. Oh, okay. Um, keep the ball rolling. You've heard that phrase oh, even yeah. today. Yeah, yeah, we use that a lot. Okay, so where did that come from? I don't know. That dates back in 1840 when a politician and his consultant uh, developed a ball and would roll the ball these called victory balls, 10 foot in diameter, mm-hmm. would push them along the campaign trail, and that would be their chanting, keep the ball rolling for this politician to ah, win the election. Interesting. That's the way. And this is, I hear my 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 um, father-in-law would say, boy, he's living the life of Riley. And I asked him, went to, Who's Riley? I don't know. I have never heard that. Everybody, everybody says he's living in the life of Riley. That's a easy, pleasant life, you know. He's so who's Riley? Who is Riley? Well, <laughs> Riley, according to some speculation, was a cow, cow, C O W, a cow that died in 1911 by a stray bullet. It was described in a paper in Connecticut that this famous cow lived the life of Riley because after years of evading pitchforks, bullets, the slaughterhouse, etc., he was like the plush cow of this this gentleman and got killed. Uh-huh. And that's why, we, according to the news newspaper, he didn't have a true name, but they they coined him as the life of Riley, the yeah. cow, the yeah. cow. But uh, isn't that sad? Okay, another interesting phraseology is, uh, boy, that that person is loose as a cannon. I didn't know cannons were loose. 
Loose cannon? Yeah, he's a loose cannon. He's a loose cannon, yeah. Okay, what's the origin of that particular phrase, which we still use today? No, that sounds like pirate stuff to me. Close. (laughs) It is a close pirate thing. Because in the 1800s, the, the the sailing vessels had cannons on their ships and their wooden ships, and they were tied with rope. Occasionally, the ropes broke, mm-hmm. and when the ropes broke and the cannons were used, or they were either, you know, when they were fired and they were they would stray and hit their own mask. And, and in addition, if they were off the ropes and the, they were list, they were in the seas, high seas, the cannons were so heavy they would break through or, or damage or, or damage the the vessel. So that's why it was, that person is loose as a cannon. Loose. Now we just call them a loose cannon. Loose cannon. Yeah. They're loose cannon. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Sending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, probably presented by A Bears, Town and Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. We are discussing the origins of common sayings that hopefully this show will help you in stumping your family members and friends at various gatherings throughout the year. We hope that you enjoy the prior segments that we discussed some things, but I've got some additional ones. You've heard guys mainly, I don't think women say this, but occasionally guys, mostly guys, let's go paint the town red. Paint the town red. I've heard that. Okay. Uh, what does that mean? I don't know. What does it mean? It means actually going throughout the, the town and having a right. jolly old time. But paint the town red? You know, why can they say paint the town blue? Right. The origins wasn't meant to be blood or guts. It was actually red paint. Mm-hmm. And there are records in 1837 where a young man, a marquee in England, and his friends ran throughout the town and painted the bars in several buildings red. So he is described as being the crazy goofy guy that did misdeeds for many, many years. Uh-huh. Others think it's related to the red light district. Yeah. But I don't know. It could be it could be both, but it's still used today. Let's go paint the town red. I I'm curious it. as to how that ended up being a phrase that means let's go have some fun and uh, get out and do some things. Well, this guy did that on that particular day. Or days, we don't know how many days, but you definitely is documented. And there's even paintings where they showed the town's bar and several <laughs> buildings all painted red by this guy and his friends. And his That's friend. fun. Okay, this was a good one. I, we were talking about this last night. You've heard the phrase, pass the buck? Yeah. Pass the buck. Mm-hmm. Okay. So generally that means passing on to somebody the responsibility mm-hmm. to somebody. I'm going to pass the buck to you, Gary. Yeah. Okay. It doesn't really mean pass the dollar. But it, it means pass the responsibility. Yeah. P- people think it, pass me a buck, you know. But but it does have some interesting origins. It's an American phrase. because it back, have something to do with government? No, it has no. to do with poker playing. Oh. Back in the early days of America, back in the 1800s, when a person was in next in line to deal the cards in a poker game, he would be given a marker to designate who is next in line to deal the cards. Mm-hmm. So I would deal, and I would put my marker, and guess what the marker was? A dollar bill? 
Nope. No? No, that was... Silver dollar? Nope. Oh. A knife. A buck uh, knife. Oh. Buck knife. Buck I had a knife. Buck, Got buck it. horn knife. Yeah. So the knife was stuck next to the person oh, and wow. he was the next person to deal. That's funny. So that was done for many, many, many years until later, what happened? Silver dollars were yeah. invented. Uh-huh. So these became the new markers. That was kind of close. New I was just a little earlier. A little. So the, instead of the knife being, because that was dangerous, and yeah. people would also then like the guy next to them, they'd punch it in the knife in <laughs> Stick the knife in him or in his hand when he came over. Oh, it's your deal. Sorry. Uh, oops. Oops, I missed. So, you know... That's why the the the, I, the silver dollars in even today are known as the buck. Yeah. And I, you know I always wondered that too until I recently found out that that's the slang term for the one dollar silver dollar primarily, uh-huh. and not generally the paper dollars. Okay. But, so you hey you learned something new today I from did. Gary. I did. Okay. This one I hear from a lot of my lady friends. I'm on cloud nine. Why can it be cloud seven or oh. cloud six yeah, what's, or cloud, cloud fourteen? Well, according to my research, now of course, cloud noun means I'm in blissful, happy. Happy happy, 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 happy. I'm happy, 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 happy. Cloud nine, according to my friends who studied Buddhism, ah. it's the ninth level. And it's almost there of enlightenment. So uh-huh. you're almost at the phase of enlightenment. And that's where the term cloud nine comes from. Interesting. Okay, you heard a person says, well, no dice. No dice means not happening. Not happening. Not going to accept that proposition or, mm-hmm. or that. Or I did nothing wrong. No dice. Didn't do it. What's the origins of that phrase? Did that come from gambling, too? Very good. Mm -hmm. It did come from gambling. Mm -hmm. Dice playing was illegal in many states in the 1900s. And if you were were caught gambling, the gambler would try to hide the dice because when challenged by the police. You say no dice. And so they would hide it. And so the courts would throw out if the if the prosecuting lawyer, I mean, you know, the prosecutor or the or the policeman said, well, he was playing dice and and no dice can be found. Yep, and that makes sense. And also there were reports that many of of the gambler uh, were known to have swallowed the dice <laughs> evidence to avoid arrest. Uh, that could hurt later. That would definitely. <laughs> hope they were small dice. Okay. So that that is the rest of the story about dice. Pulling the wool over your eyes. I've heard that all the time. And I always thought, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like hoodwinking, deceiving. or Yeah. Think about that one. That dates back to the 1500s. Wow. When the aristocrat, and probably not aristocratic, but all the people, gentlemen generally, and I, don't, I think ladies wore them too, yeah, wigs. Yeah. So the wigs were generally made of wool, uh-huh. and they would pull the wool wigs over their eyes and hoodwink themselves and be deceived, or and that was the practice of pulling the wool over oh, your eyes. This one I hear all the time. Gary, uh, you're playing the music. Are you playing it by ear? No, I don't put my ear down there. I'm playing, <laughs> my, play my, <laughs> playing it by ear. It's playing without reference to a printed notes, right? Yeah, yeah. And, playing and, it by listening. But it also can mean playing, making a situation without any planning or guidance. Right. And that's what a lot of people, I'm playing it by ear. I'm going to play this by ear by, by building this particular contraption or what. It dates back to really 1839. And uh, because it was used primarily 
by musicians who would just hear something and mm-hmm. mimic it and because they were remarkable at, at transposal, they didn't need drugs. So it actually was used around from 1839 until today, but now today it's it's used more often to w- the situation without planning. Let's play it by ear. Yeah. And uh, the, the last one I've got here is an interesting one. Well, Gary, you have petered out. <laughs> now, you heard that one? Boy, you're I've just, heard it, but it's... You're um, dwindling to nothing. It's outdated now. Uh, you don't think people use that? I heard it yesterday. I don't... Really? I did hear it. I did hear it. He's petered out, boy. I don't hear it very often. It, it dates back to the gold rush days when a mine was being mined and it was no more out of that particular mine. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's one of the, the aspects. There, there's several derivations of origin. One of them is interesting is one of the references said, think about this one. Why use Peter? And petered out. Mm-hmm. Some say it's for the saint Peter, as he lost his faith mm-hmm. in Jesus when he did, denied him before the crucifixion. Mm-hmm. It's also they think it has a religious connotation because Saint Peter was known as the Rock. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other derivation is Peter in French, Peter, means to explode or come to nothing. Uh huh. And that's probably, that probably. Yeah. And the last one was probably the most, because it was relevant to the Gold Rush days. The Gold Rush guys back those days used saltpeter, saltpeter. Saltpeter, yeah, yeah. Which is potassium nitrate. Mm-hmm. It's used in gunpowder and explosive in the mining. So if you run out of that, you don't do any more mining. Yeah. Isn't that pretty cool? Peter, no. We'll be right back with more information. But now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, probably presented by A Bears, Tiny Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the best of times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to today's radio show. I hope you enjoyed the origins of common things that you and I use each and every day. Hopefully you can use these particular origins and sayings with your family and friends to stump them about asking them what's the rest of the story about that particular saying if you have any suggestions for for additional sayings that you would like for me to present on future radio shows please do contact me uh you can visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com and send me a comment on that particular website join us next saturday here on news radio 710 kill for another best of times radio hour to learn interesting information that can benefit you or your loved ones please do thank our sponsors and advertisers who support our radio show and our news magazine, The Best of Times. Remember to tell your friends to listen to our show next Saturday morning for news and information that can benefit them or their loved ones. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of The Best of Times at one of our 528 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Again, thank you for listening to our show today. Happy New Year to everyone. Wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Best of Times on 710 Keel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for The Best of Times. This is News Radio 710 Keel. K-E-E-L. Shreveport Mosier.